Brothers. Welcome back to another episode of Corn of the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and it's great to be here with you this morning. Before I begin, I want to just remind you, you can sign up for a free course at naturalpornkiller.com. This is a course that I put together a few years ago. Um, Free access to it. Uh, Feel free to, to go on there, sign up. Um, it is designed. It's really a a, a course that has. It's, I think it's about seven weeks, six or seven weeks, and it is just pointing us to the gospel as a means to kill sin in our life, and specifically the sin of pornography. But not only is it gospel centered, but it absolutely has very practical steps that you can take, practical things that you can do. So that's first announcement. Second announcement is if you want to check out themanofvalor.com, you'll find uh, a group there. You can join our group if you want to. And it is a group of men who are, uh, we're having a meeting once a week on Tuesday nights uh, via Zoom. Uh, We encourage each other daily. We are in the middle or actually just the beginning of a challenge uh, between all of us, not, not between, not like against each other, but it's just a challenge that we're, we're trying to become a better version of ourselves by the grace of God. And uh, so, yeah, so if you want to join that, check out themanofvalor.com and you can learn more there and that's it. So I want to, this is more than likely going to be a very short episode. But I was I was with some brothers in Christ this past week. So once a quarter, I meet with these guys. You've heard me talk about them before. We have a call monthly. We meet in person quarterly, but we're in fellowship with each other at different times throughout the month. And and part of that is is because uh, everyone except for one of our brothers is based in Birmingham, and so we see each other uh, like in the gym at work or somewhere else where we're connected. And so it's not just a, a meeting once a, a month and then a quarterly meeting. It is um, constant encouragement. And we use an app called Voxer, which is a free app uh, where you, it's kind of like a walkie talkie app. And it's great to hear people's voice, share encouragement, uh, text images, whatever, whatever the case is, is, is fantastic. But the point that I want to tell you is we were together just this past Thursday, and we listened to a a business owner tell a story, and I think this story is applicable to us. Um, now, when we get together, we are really focused on the four main areas that a man lives his life. Primarily, we're focused on being, which is our spiritual life, and from being, being the overarching domain of everything else, where everything else flows, we then look at our bodies, like are we being good stewards of our bodies, our balance, so our families, how is how is our relationships with our, how are our relationships with our wives, with our children, are we leading well, are we serving well, and then lastly, we look at our business, each one of us in the group is is uh, leading people in business of some sort, uh, whether it be in ministry, which uh, one of the brothers is uh, runs a, a large division of a ministry, uh, or whether it be running gyms or whatever else, the other businesses that are there. A lot of uh, people in the group own their own business. Others 
of us are working inside, working uh, as leaders inside of a business. So that just kind of paints the picture. So we were there. So this day, we spent an entire day together and we finished with dinner. But the the day is really dedicated to, hey, how are we doing across all four domains? The primary domino being uh, is the being domain. And we listened to this business owner talk about something very interesting. He he talked about as he was starting his business, he paid a consultant $50,000, which to him at that time was a lot of money. And this was probably 10 years ago. He paid this person $10,000, went to this person's house uh, for marketing consulting about his business. And they sat down and he was just so excited because he was, he just knew that he was going to get the secret sauce, right? This is, this is what you hope when you lay down 50 grand, you were going, okay, here we go. This is going to be huge. He's going to tell me things I've never known before. So you can imagine he was excited. He took his laptop. He was like just prepared to his mind to be blown as they sat there for however many hours that day and just really went through this stuff. And so got sat down, pulled out his laptop. Uh, this other person, uh, the consultant pulled out his and he goes, okay, before we begin, let's talk about, I want to, I want you to tell me, explain to me what you're doing for marketing now. And I really want you to begin with your email uh, marketing. Tell me about your email marketing. What are you doing currently? And this guy, this business owner goes, well, um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a list, but, uh, I don't have like a regular email. Maybe I don't have a newsletter or about, and, and so the guy goes, okay. The consultant said, okay, timeout, stop. All right. Let's pull up your CRM. Let's open up an email and let's work on that. And so for 40 minutes, they sat there and worked on this email and the moral of the story. And then they sent it out to his entire list to let, let his potential customers know what he was doing and services he was offering and how they could, uh, you know, obviously how his services could benefit his potential client. And he said, that's all we did the entire day. And his point was, he said, let me tell you something. This is the crazy thing. I paid $50,000. I paid $50,000 to be told what I already knew that I needed to do. And his point was, is that most of you out there already know the things that you need to do. You're just not willing to do it. And therefore, therefore, you need to put leverage on yourself to do the things you already know you need to do. And so for this business owner, that leverage was $50,000. Now, he he didn't have to pay this guy $50,000 to learn this is what he needed to do. But he did it, and had he not paid this man $50,000, he would not have written the email and created an email campaign and began to email his customers on a regular basis. And so brothers, how, let me bring this around to us. Let me bring this around to us. You and I already know what we should be doing. 
you and I already know what we should be doing. The question is, are we willing to do it? Now, when, when somebody tells us, Hey, you know what you should be doing? You should be fill in the blank there. It could be reading the Bible. It could be spending time in prayer. If if we're talking about our bodies, it could be going to the gym. It could be eating healthy. Maybe with our families, with our wives, with our children, we already know what we need to do, but unfortunately, a lot of times we don't do those things. And so we're always looking we're always looking for a special formula. We're always looking for the easy button. And so what I would, based on scripture, what I'm going to uh, propose to you is that this life of purity and freedom from pornography and sexual sin is not a special trick. It's not a special formula. It is the day in, day out of humbling ourselves before the Lord, spending time with him, not necessarily studying theology, but getting to know God, spending time with him in his word, not only hearing his word and reading his word, but actually studying his word, meditating on his word, praying his word. This is how we know God. And the more we know God, the more we see our sin, and the more we desire to kill our sin, and the more we walk in the light of his presence. I love this quote by, this quote by Scott Hubbard. He says, holiness, and so you can think about this freedom from porn if you want to. Holiness, this is what we're after. We're after godliness. Holiness has no 10-step plan only a plan with 10 million steps. And so, brother, you and I are pilgrims on, on this journey. Like this life, we will, we will continue to need to grow and spend time with the Lord and be transformed, be conformed to the image of God's Son, to Jesus Christ, day after day after day after day. This is not a sprint, a hundred-meter sprint. This is an ultra-marathon that ends when we finally see Christ face-to-face. And so even Paul in Philippians, I've been in the book of Philippians, talks about this here. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, Verse, starting with verse 12, he says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. So Paul's saying, I haven't obtained like this, this level of Christ likeness so that I don't need to grow anymore. I haven't already obtained this. I'm not already perfect. Not, not in the next life. So I'm, I'm still here on earth and I'm still growing and I'm still depending on God and I'm still praying and, and studying his word. He says, I hadn't already attained this. I'm not already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So Paul's 
motivation was the fact that Christ had arrested him. On that road to Damascus, Christ had arrested him, and that was only the beginning. That was only the beginning. That was that was his baby step. Those were his baby steps. Those were his baby steps. And then verse 13, he says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. So it's a, he's saying the same thing over again. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So see this. Twice he says, I press on. Another time he says he is straining. And so what is he forgetting? No, not only is he forgetting his past life as a as a sinner, like I'm not, I'm not looking at that and I'm not dwelling on my past. I'm not even dwelling on my past accomplishments, what I've done. Like at this point in his life, Paul could be sitting in this house arrest, this prison, chained to a guard, and says, Man, I've had a good run. It's time for me to chill out now. I'm I'm kind of done. Just waiting, waiting for my, you know, before I can go and and wherever he was going, I can't remember if he was going to his um trial before uh, in Rome or whatever. I think that's that's what he's doing. He's in Rome. I'm just I'm just waiting on this and and until then I'm going to chill out for a little bit. No, he says I press on. I'm straining. I'm locked up. I'm chained up and I'm still running the race. And not for his benefit, not only for his benefit, but because he loved the church. He desired for the church to grow, for men and women to grow in Christ. And so he goes, I press on and I forget even the accomplishments. I don't dwell on these accomplishments. I don't dwell on all the church plants other than I'm reaching back out to them. I desire to encourage them. I desire to see them walking faithfully with the Lord. And then he goes, verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. Like, what is what does maturity in Christ mean? Well, maturity in Christ means that you understand you're never going to be fully mature in this life, right? You're never going to reach some, some mystical attainment of life where you no longer need to repent of sin. It doesn't work like that. This is a lifelong pursuit of God. And we will be repenting and we will be praising and we will be studying the word and 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 memorizing the word and meditating on the word for our entire life as the Lord gives us the ability to do that with a sound mind. And he said, let those of you who are mature, who are who are at a point where you're like, wow, the more the closer I get to God, the more I see my sin and the more beautiful Christ becomes to me. Let those of you who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. And this was a big revelation for me because as I can remember so easily, brothers, I knew what I should be doing. For all those years that I struggled, I knew the things that I should be doing to, to grow and to be conformed into the image of Christ. It's, it's, the, it's the basic things. 
unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes the Lord knows we need pain as the leverage to change. And so the Lord, in his gracious discipline to his sons and daughters, he's gracious to discipline us. He's gracious enough to bring us low. And this is what happened with me. This is what happened with me. Before I finally said, I've had enough. I've had enough, God. I'm surren- I will surrender this to you, and I'll do whatever it takes. And so whereas this business coach or this, this business owner paid this coach $50,000, that was the leverage he needed. Sometimes you and I need pain as the leverage. And unfortunately, brother, I, I hope, I hope as you're listening to this, it does not take that. Because many times, many times, this pain will have far-reaching, will have catastrophic impact in your life and in the life of the people that you love. I was just told this week of a brother in Christ um, here locally who um, unfortunately uh, has has had to, who lost his job and has had to um, humble himself uh, before his wife and and before uh, friends and family and confess some very, very serious issues. And the way I see it is these things happen because he wouldn't do the things he already knew to do. And this is my life. So I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. Some of you out there who are listening to this may have just completely made a wreck of your life. You may be here listening to this podcast because your wife is ready to leave you and you're desperate to find something else. And isn't this the crazy thing? We will take action. We will take action when something important is on the line. But yet, brothers, it is in the mundane everyday life of meeting with God every single morning, that's where we find the greatest growth. And that's where we find joy in Christ. And that's where we find power and and pleasure and joy in Christ. This is where we find This is where we find God's good grace, his Holy Spirit to lead us on a day-by-day basis. This is not, I mean, listen, let me, let me reverse the roles. What if, what if somebody came to you and said, so-and-so, I'll give you a million dollars if you go 12 months without pornography. I'll give you $10 million, $100 million. I think we'd probably find a way to do it. But that's not the motivation we need. That's not the motivation we want. And brother, your motivation, like you, you I believe you need to think deeply about your motivation in walking in purity and holiness before God. What is your motivation? What Paul said here in Philippians, as he was writing the church early in chapter one, and they were they were having some 
some disagreements and some dissension here in the church. And so what does he do? He says, I pray that your love may abound more and more. Like, I pray your love abounds more. And so your motive, brother, I pray that your motive would be love, love for Christ and love for others. If you're a father, love for Christ, love for your wife, love for your children, love for those who you lead. If you're a young man, who doesn't have a family, I pray that your love would abound more and more to Christ, your King, your Heavenly Father, and that that love would move you to take action so that it wouldn't have to be pain that moved you to action. Let love be the deciding factor. And, and if you're out there and you are caught up in theology and, and trying to prove others wrong with how they think, brothers, guys, forget it. Forget it. There's a, there's a Christian artist. His name is Shylin, which I love this. I, I don't like hip hop music, but I love this brother's music. It's incredible. But in one of his songs, he talks about theology without doxology. So theology without doxology, which is the worship of God. So if your theology doesn't lead you to worship God, and how do you worship God? By becoming more like Christ. And Christ came as a servant. He came to serve. He didn't come to be served. And so the life of Christ is a humble servant. And so if our theology is not causing us to worship God and look more like Christ, then he says, Shailen says, it's orthodoxy. And it's just dead. However, if we have doxology, worship, without theology, it's really a form of idolatry. And we don't want any of that. Like we want the correct theology to lead to um, praise of God and doxology for the glory of Christ. And we ultimately want our theology to lead to change. And change comes when our motive, our greatest motive is love. So this is a very humbling, humbling reminder. And Paul is a great example of this because he didn't, Lord it over people. He just like he he just wanted to encourage. And he understood, he understood that men and women needed to be reminded all the time of the gospel message. All the time, all the time. This is not a one, one and done. This is not something that we understand and then, you know, oh, we're just going to uh, go throughout our life and don't need it. I mean, brothers, this is an everyday discipline that you and I need. And then what, at the end of the day, for you, brother, what does it need to look like? Like As you grow and as you're being conformed into the image of Christ, we, we have to remember this life is not about you. This life, my life is not about me. It's not. It's about walking in his ways and living a purpose-filled life. So this is what Paul said. He said, in verse 17 of chapter 3, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross with minds set on earthly things. 
the end goal, like the goal your life is meant to make disciples. And so this is what Paul, that Paul is the ultimate disciple maker other than Christ. And he says, brothers, join in imitating me. Here he is. He's writing from prison. He's writing with, with these chains. And he says, join in imitating me and keep your eyes, keep your eyes on those who walk, that's their life, who walk according to the example that you have in us. In other words, brothers and sisters, I lived with you. And you saw, you witnessed my way of life. And now I want you to keep your eyes fixed on others who are who are living the same way that you saw we were living. Imitate me and imitate and keep your eyes fixed on these other people because I'm not with you anymore. I'm in prison, but keep your eyes fixed on examples of men and women who are walking according to, to God's word, who are loving, who are generous, who are hospitable, who who know how to handle the word of truth, who live lives, who live lives that that point to the goodness and the greatness of Christ and the enjoyment they have in Christ. And so the question comes to you and to I, if someone were to follow us around, if someone were to follow us around for a month with and, and just watch the way we live, interact with people at work, at home at the gym, at church, wherever we go, what would, would it be worth imitating? Could you say, join in imitating me? Brother, as you sit beside me, as you walk with me throughout this whole month, I'm not going to do anything different than I normally do. You're going to see me. You're going to see me sin. <laughs> you're going to see me get angry, and you're going to see me confess, and you're going to see me, like, life is not always easy. I've got struggles in all kinds of areas of my life, but I want you to come alongside of me because you're going. what you're also going to see is you're going to see someone who hopes in Christ, who trusts in Christ, who pursues Christ, who wants to be more like Christ, and who's authentic. You know, it's 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 crazy. We we had this meeting this past week, the the group of guys here, and one of our brothers was he he was just it was just so awesome because he said that this was a great great thing that happened he said i tried to make every excuse not to come i tried to make every excuse i was i want i was so close to saying i can't be here today i've got too much going on i can't do it i can't do it uh you know i'll i'll do it next quarter or whatever he said but really what i wanted to do was i just wanted to hide and and he sat there and told us things that were going on in, in his life. And he was very real and he was very raw. And he did not hold back. And do you know what he got from every one of the brothers who were around that table this past Thursday? Hey, brother, I've been there. I've done that. I get it. Me too. And how do you think that made him feel? He told us at the very end, he was like, guys, I needed this so, so much. I needed this so much. I needed to be encouraged. I needed to be appointed to Christ. I needed to be prayed for. I need fellowship, real fellowship, real fellowship. So none of us are perfect. None of us are. And that's, and Paul knew that too. And that's why he says, I press on. 
I'm going to strain. I'm going to forget what's behind. I'm going to strain. So brothers, let me just ask you this final question. What do you know that you need to do that you're currently not doing? I can promise you, you don't need more podcasts. I can promise you, you don't need more sermons. I can promise you, you don't need uh, another course, even though at the very beginning of this podcast, I said, hey, if you want a course, I've got one for you. You don't need to read another book on pornography, although I think it's great to study and understand the issue very, very well. You just need the commitment to do the things that you already know to do. And then guess what? God changes you. He does it. He does the work because he deserves the glory and desires the glory. If, if it were up to me, I would be patting myself on the back and saying, look at all the things that I did to find freedom from pornography, but that's not the way it was. Like God did it. And so submit yourself to the things that you already know you need to be doing and do them every day. No days off. This is where the wartime mentality comes into place. Like you are a soldier and every day there's an enemy and every day we have to put on our armor and every day we, we, we can't afford to have this peacetime mentality and fall asleep. That's why scripture says stay awake. That's why scripture says be sober-minded. That's why scripture says think this way. Scripture doesn't say just think however you want to. No, 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 no. Think. Think. Use your mind. Use everything that's within you out of a motive of love, like love for God. God, love for Christ, love for others. And then just understanding that it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in you. He's the one that changes you. All right, brothers. That's it. That's what I want to share. It was not as short as I thought it was going to be. I just praise God that, that you are seeking, that you're learning, that you desire to change. I mean, the, the challenge becomes when we stop desiring to change and we give up and we lose hope and we say, oh, I'll never, this will never happen. Man, may God give you the courage to keep going. May he give you the courage and the endurance to keep going. All right, brothers, see you next time on another episode of Porn and the Gospel.